We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball Group Therapy, hosted by Kirk Henderson. I am editor-in-chief at MavsMoneyball.com. Sorry, we're a little bit later than I would have liked to have been, but I decided to write the recap for Mavs Moneyball, then had to record our show with Josh, and now I'm here. And so my initial screaming at the television uh, energy has waned a little bit, but that's where you guys come in. Um, so for anybody, uh, who is new, come on in here, ask to, uh, join the stage. Remember to unmute yourself before you start talking and we will have a good time. Um, for anybody who didn't watch the game, uh, you missed a probably the most, uh, it was kind of the game I'd been asking for the game where the Mavericks looked in control, looked confident and had a great time, uh, playing basketball. Like they looked like they were having fun, which hasn't necessarily been the case. Chris Stapps Porzingis came back from a injury absence, looked really good, looked engaged despite looking a little sloppy, and then had a chance to make a big difference down the stretch. And I thought he played really well, which is nice. Uh, and then Luka Doncic did the Luka Doncic thing where he absolutely broke the Celtics heart, and I couldn't be more delighted. Um, yeah, so let's uh, let's see what's going on tonight. Brandon, what's going on? Hey, Kirk. Can you hear me? I can. How you doing? Oh, I'm freaking pumped. What a way to show off those new jerseys. I know. That was really fun. That was really fun. I And, and the the jersey discussion is something we circle back to, but I think they look fantastic. Oh, I'm, I'm a huge fan. When we ultimately rebrand, which I hope is coming soon, something along those lines I'd be happy with. Um, but no, I mean – Tonight was awesome. I think you hit it on the head with uh, this is I would hope that we can look back in the future. And this is kind of a turning point for the season where the offense because I mean, the past couple games, the even if the shots aren't falling, the offense feels better. 
I, I was listening to the podcast that you did this uh, with Matt Moore, and mm-hmm. obviously we all know that our we're hitting way under our shot expectation, but also having for the season our shot expectation be so low feels right, but I also feel like it's weighted really heavily with the really shitty offense that we were doing in the early games. And I feel the past couple games, probably since like Sacramento, we've been a lot better. It feels, still feels like there's some weird moments, like you pointed out with Kristaps bringing his man to Luca, but I feel he hates, he hates not, he hates not posting. Like when he's standing on the three point line, like you can see him getting itchy and they're all like, this is not, this is not just a Porzingis thing. There was a play early on where, uh, it was maybe it was third quarter where both Powell and Finney Smith cut at the same time. And like, that's a people figuring out where they need to be when more and more over time, because this offense does have more movement than last year. So it's, it's there, there's still a fair number of kinks to figure out, but you, you like that in the sense of they're winning games while finding things that they can build on. Like I'm not seeing them, in my opinion, they still have a super long way to go, which is perfectly fine. As long as they're, they're winning. I don't know. I mean, I would like for them to win like 55% of their games. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Like we're six and three and I, I don't feel like the offense is lost. Like I think, it may not get to where it was at one point, like, you know, the best offense roughly in the league, but um, I, I do feel like we'll, by, by the end of the season, we'll roughly be a top 10 offense. And I, I like our defense a lot more. Like, I don't think it's going to be amazing, but like if we can finish like 13th, 14th or so, I feel, I, I just like our opportunity here to, well, I, the defense is odd because I, I I don't ever remember. I mean, it's got to have been since the title season, where I felt like the Mavericks were benefiting from physicality on defense. Like that that one play at the end where Marcus Smart tried to draw a foul on Porzingis on a drive. I feel like in a lot of seasons that'd be a foul, and I understand why the ref didn't call it, but I also would have understand why the refs if if the ref had have called it. Like I would have kind of seen both sides of it and. They're just they're playing a little bit more physical at the right points, and that's another area where they still have a lot of room to improve. But right now, it's again you really see the difference with Porzingis, just because he's so much longer than Powell. Like Powell is six eleven with a six eleven wingspan, which is is fine, but it's also different when you have Porzingis, who's a who's just a touch more um, instinctual with blocking the ball, even though. Um, even though Powell had like two blocks of Schroeder or Schroeder tonight, they were incredible. So he had like two Dwight Howard like send it into the stands blocks mm-hmm. out of nowhere. But no, I mean I, I definitely and also we're still missing Maxi, so we don't have like once he comes back, we don't have to endure seven or eight minutes of Willie Cauley Stein a game. Um, so I mean I. I, I'm I'm encouraged by the I mean of course a game winning buzzer beater I feel like you should feel good about that but we're sitting here six and three we play the Pelicans and then it feels great we kind of get our first real test uh, in November and I mean I feel like if we can come out you know a few games over five hundred having figured out a couple more things hopefully KP stays healthy because he. He had a quiet, like, 21 points on really good. 
Well, I mean, he got to the free throw line. Like, it's it's easy to score points on when you're not taking – I mean, and he still took these shots. But, like, he had two dunks. He had a drive at the rim. So that's three of his made baskets right there. Um, and then the other ones, like, he, he hit a long garbage 15, like, 17-footer off, like, a like broken play at the end. And then he, yeah. he hit a lot of free throws. And, and those sorts of things – like, free throws are, are what more – you know, it's where he, in my opinion – if he plays with aggressiveness and, you know, goes to his right and uses his size, I think he's going to be, you know, if he shoots four free throws a game, just a game, I will be ecstatic. Okay. Because there's just like, like points. And I had his numbers pulled up. So let me, let me see what, see this, but like last season he was shooting per game. Um, three, he was shooting 3.7 by the, no, uh, 3.2 by the end of last year. And then his his first year in Dallas, he shot five. So I'm looking for a healthy mid-ground between when he was really bad last year and when he was, you know, really good his first year. Like, four is going to be fine for me. He's at 3.7 right now. Like, it's just it's just enough to kind of keep to keep his scoring diversified where he's not just a seven-foot-three Clay Thompson. And he, he did a little bit tonight. He got – you know, he he had an incredibly funny post up over Jason Tatum that was. Bleh. I'm glad it went the way it went. Is <laughs> what I'll say. Yeah, he had two mm-hmm. of those, and I feel like because one of them was a foul on Tatum, and the other was mm-hmm. that basket. I feel like Tatum should retire if you get effectively scored on twice by Porzingis in the post. It's a rough move for him. Well, um, I got to bring some more folks on, Brandon. Thank you for joining as always. All right, we'll talk soon. Okay, coming up next, I'm going to bring on uh, my guy, Matt Phillips, who's a writer at Mavs Moneyball. Matt. Uh, right now, I'm at Texas Cardhouse. That's why I needed some notice just so I could step away from the table for a minute. So you, you, you're stepping away from being at a bar to talk to us. Sir, you are. Yeah, it happened. Uh, I just have a few thoughts. One, um, it's one of the things I saw from this game is how much quicker other teams make adjustments than we do. So one of the big things the Mavs have done this year is the Luka post up following a uh, following an opponent free throw. Uh, and so, but in the last two games, play or not the last two, but in the games we played the Heat and where we played the uh, Celtics tonight, is that it's not really the huge advantage it normally is. Like, Luka posting Marcus Smart or Jason Tatum is not a huge advantage play. Luka posting Jimmy Butler against the Heat was not a huge advantage play. So the Mavs made no adjustment until the fourth quarter today where they started having Luka set a token screen for uh, for Brunson, which the first time they did it, they got a switch onto Josh Richardson where Luka just abused him. But then literally the next possession, the Celtics changed it to where Jason Tatum was guarding Brunson, so the switch was either going to be Smart or Tatum. Hmm. Okay. And so what I was saying about that is it took the Mavs basically three games to figure out that, hey, we need to do something else. And it took another team one possession to figure <laughs> Um Well, you're, that, you're cutting in and out pretty bad here. I'm sorry. Uh, my signal's probably bad. But that is the main, how quickly other teams adjust to stuff, and we just don't. And then two, just holy shit, Luke is good. I'm sorry if I'm not supposed to curse. I don't really remember. <laughs> but – Good Lord. No, I don't care. I don't uh, care. I was probably. Uh, I where were you? Where were you sitting? Where were you? Uh, I was four feet. I mean, I was four rows up behind the basket that he made it on. <laughs> I was probably thirty-four feet from it. That's. That's. Yeah, and I like. Uh, it was. 
I've been it's just for seeing live. I saw Vince's against the Spurs. Oh jeez. Um in the playoffs. Um that's the only two buzzer beaters I've ever seen live. And it was I'm gonna be honest, I thought it was an air ball when he let it go. I was like, Well, that was a terrible shot because it was he was triple teamed. <laughs> Yes. I was like, yeah, short. I was like, someone go get the rebound. And put the, but no, nothing but net. Uh, it's super exciting. Glad to be there. And that's, that's pretty much all I got is just that. And like I said, I wish we adjusted quicker. Yeah. Well, go have fun at the bar. I'm, I'm envious. All right. all right. Later, dude. Okay. Coming up next, we got Davis. Davis, thanks for waiting. Hit that unmute button there at the bottom. Give me just a second here. Hello. There we go. How you doing? Good. How are you? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing about this game was uh, was really just Kristaps uh, protecting the basket. I think Powell is uh, probably the worst defensive center in the league at the moment. I mean, just horrible. Uh, so it was great to have some length there. Um, also got some really important rebounds. I think. Uh, uh, I think uh, moving forward, I think it, obviously I think it's, this season just basically KP's healthy. We can go to probably the conference final if he plays well. And if he's not, then, uh, you know, then our, our ceiling is probably a first round exit again. So um, it's really encouraging to see him out there just, uh, you know, like he totally transformed this defense. And, um, yeah. and, and as like one of the bigger KP supporters uh, probably – on Twitter and on Reddit, um, it warms my heart to see him do well. But uh, obviously, uh, well, and he's not even really found an offensive game yet. Like I, I would, I would say he played a great overall game tonight, and I'm pleased about the free throws. But I will say that, like, when it comes to his, like, that's not, you know, he's not had the 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 game where he hits two like an early three and then he all of a sudden he's getting you know rim run dunks because he's like teams are freaking out with him like he's quite literally four of 20 from three this season um that's like you know even if he only goes up to 35 percent that's still a 15 point swing like he's (laughs) he's gonna you know and like when that happens it's gonna be it's gonna be nice to watch well, I don't know if you remember, you know, back in, um, and I know his first season with the Mavs, people weren't, uh, after, when he came back in January after his initial knee issues, knee soreness issues, he was incredible. He was coming off screens, uh, like catching, uh, just pull, he would pulling up from half court sometimes and just draining through that game against the Bucks, mm-hmm. his games against Memphis and, or against, uh, I think, the Wolves, where he, you know, would, you know, get 38 points um, on super efficient. Like, until the bubble, into the bubble, he was incredible. And so if, if he can get to, like, 80% of what he was at that point uh, and stay on top of it defensively, like, it's, this, is a, this, is not, this is not a really a contender yet, but it's, it, it's like yeah. a conference. But it, it makes him a lot more fun to watch. Exactly. It, it takes an element out of the grindiness that I've felt the last several games where and I'm really pleased they beat the Spurs, obviously, but like that game was like nails on a chalkboard for me. It was, and this I game was every second of it. It was, yeah, and it was just like, oh god, thank God they won. Versus tonight, it was like I never felt, I never felt like they were out of control. I felt like that they shot themselves in the foot a few times, if anything. I mean, Josh Bow and I just talked about um, the closing lineup, which didn't feature Dorian, 
and it featured Reggie Bullock. And Reggie got a pair of looks in that fourth quarter that were wide open. And, you know, he didn't hit either. And what happens if he, you know, he's if his shooting kind of with the kind of shots he's been making, particularly with the Knicks and, and the shots he's been getting with Dallas, he's just much more willing. He's a much more confident shooter. And and they just have this this opportunity every now and again, I think, to really bury teams. And they still weren't. I mean, they only shot 33% from three. Like, there's going to be one of these, like, wild overcorrection games where they shoot, like, 55% from the three-point line and beat somebody by 40. Yeah, yeah exactly. And also, Luca getting to the getting, – getting shots at the rim is important. I think some people, for some reason, weren't unsatisfied with our offense the last couple of seasons because they, you know, analytics are bad or something these days. I I'm, I'm unsure about, but, but to have a good offense, you want to either shoot threes or get to the rim, unless you've got a good mid-range shooter and most teams just don't. So if Luca can get back to the rim, uh, even though we've never been a big interior scoring team, even under Rick, Luca was, you know, was one of the league leaders and shots at the basket, shots around the rim that he can, it, and which is again why KP is important because he creates that space for him of the the Luca KP mm-hmm. pick and pick and roll which we still don't do enough of pick and pop. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, which we still don't do enough of. Sure. It just creates so much space for him because people will stick to KP. He could shoot twelve percent from three for the year, but people will stick right. to KP. They just they, they fear him as a shooter because exactly. he, yeah. he's, he's a thirty five percent three point shooter on like seven shots, seven threes a game historically. Over the last couple of yep. seconds, so he's he can be a very deadly shooter. So, and you don't don't want to get him going if you're the other team. So, just run more pick and pop, open the offense up, and hope for the best on defense. And I think hopefully, kid, again, fair stepped above him, but hopefully he's seen that and and, and we can continue on that path. But uh, anyway, sure. best win of the season for sure. Um, yeah, really was. Yeah. It, it felt good, start to finish. All right, Davis, thanks for joining us. Hope you come back. Thanks, Kurt. Okay, coming up next, got Ja. What's happening? How you doing? You're joining us. I'm really excited. You never actually join us on stage. What's going on? How you doing, Kirk? I'm really excited you're here. Luca makes a game-winning three, <laughs> and you're going to join. I was actually at the game tonight, and... It was probably the most incredible experience of my life. Like I was sitting by some Boston fans and their faces. It just looked like they just took a huge bite of a shit sandwich. It was incredible. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But a couple of things. Um, Willie Cauley Stein. I never want to see him pick up a basketball ever again in my life. I mean, he, Um, he, he looks like he doesn't want to pick up a basketball ever again when he plays like he, it's and like I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt after last season because you know Rick put him on ice and like you know maybe he had something to prove with the new coach but I don't know the only thing he's proving is that he just takes dabs or bong grips before every single game he's just totally clueless um so I don't want to see him play anymore um but I have a couple of thoughts with the starting lineup I think that Brunson should absolutely start and Timmy should go back to the bench right now Timmy um, going to the bench. Okay, let's let, expound. So, and I know, you know, everyone's like, well, where's our scoring going to come from on the bench? Timmy. Like, right now, Tim was pretty much invisible the entire game up until, like, the fourth quarter. 
And I think that like that would be really helpful because I'm sure you saw the tweet that Josh put out about, you know, the lineup we had with Brunson. We outscored the Celtics by like four points on like 50% shooting. So Mm. I just think that, you know, with Brunson being as hot as he is right now, put him in the starting lineup. Let Timmy bring up the second unit. When Kleba comes back, he can be in the starting lineup and Dodo can even go to the bench or you can bring in Bullock. But I think right now, Timmy just might need to go to the bench. Um, But tell me what your thoughts are on that. You know, I've not really thought about Tim going to the bench, but he's proven so pliable that I'm I'm kind of okay with it. Like when I look at the starting lineup, I've I've become um like the the Twitter rage monster where every time Dwight Powell does something, I'm just like fuck this guy, uh, because he just doesn't do. He's just the man's playing in quicksand right now. He's all between offensive fouls and screens. He he didn't really I just, he doesn't really help. And I don't really understand why he's playing. And then there's Dorian, who I am, until he figures out his shooting funk, I don't really care that he gets the occasional cool offensive rebound. Like, he's not scoring enough. Um, So it's like those two guys are kind of more in my, like, personal doghouse. But I'd be willing to try that because, you know, it's not like Tim is a staunch defender. So, like, you're giving up, like, three more inches for whoever Tim is guarding. Like, who cares? Because he's getting bullied anyways. Um, I'd, I'd be fine with that. I think that the real thing that's interesting about Brunson is last year I felt, and I felt this way until this year, is that you scale up Brunson's usage and his minutes, and it doesn't his stats don't increase. But that's not been the case. Uh, Iztok and me were t- chatting before the game, and he's like, I think you have to find a way to play the guy 30 minutes a game. And I agree. And so if that's starting or if it's bench, it really doesn't matter. So as long as Brunson gets something. I will say the part about Tim – that's interesting to me is when Tim had bad games last year, the Mavericks usually lost. He's had two bad games in a row and they've won both games. So that's, that's something. I mean, that just, they're doing something right. I mean, I'm still not like super high on this team, but I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a better headspace than I was after that Denver shit kicking. Yeah. And like, obviously Powell definitely needs to go to the bench and I understand that, you know, we're trying to coddle feelings and everything, but KP simply needs to play the five. Um, mm-hmm. Powell can go to the bench, but KP, he has to play the five. Um, he was kind of invisible for the most part until, you know, when he got his little post-ups and things like that. And then that one shot he made that was off the ball that was going out of bounds. I mean, it was, it was incredible. Um, but KP needs to play the five. And another thing that I noticed is Luca genuinely looks exhilarated. He's thrilled to play with Brunson. And I'm not sure if it's the aspect of, like, the secondary, you know, uh, creator or anything like that, but it's more of just, like, someone that can dribble. You know, Brunson can actually dribble the ball. Um, and not a lot of guys on this roster can. And I noticed, you know, the body language is just there. Luca loves playing with Brunson. And I think that's something that they're going to have to explore, um, you know, getting Brunson more minutes with Luca on the floor. Well, sure. That's an interesting thought, too. Because Luca's energy is so palpable, at least when it's down. Like when Luca's not in it, it just seems to kind of cascade throughout the team. So that's that's an interesting thought. Why did you wait like two years to come talk to us? What what you've been holding out for for since the middle of last season when we've been doing this? This is this, you've you've you, we're we're delighted you came up. So what <laughs> what else you got for us tonight? 
Um, that's pretty much it. I'm think I'm tempted to find out where Willie Cauley Stein lives and just I don't know play bad music outside of his window or something. I don't know. I just that guy's got to go. It's it's very sad. He he's so he did make one really cool defensive play where he like stopped a, an alley oop at the rim and he tipped it to Luca and it's like guy why can't you do this ever. Can you please do this more often? And he just, he just doesn't. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Please come back. Of course. Thank you. Have a- All right. Who else we got up here? Um, name I don't recognize. Sonic the Mixer. Hello. Welcome. Hit that unmute button down there at the bottom. Hey, Kurt. One more time. There we go. I'm How you doing? Well, so... My only two thoughts with this right now are really that uh, the improvements that we've made with Brunson and with Bullock. I think what's really happened here is, uh, well, I say improvements. Well, uh, Brunson just getting better. He did something over the offseason that's just really improved um, where he's at. And I think it was probably the uh, his performance in the playoffs last year just put a fire under him, honestly. But I think those two things have what's happened. It's raised our floor some. We're losing games that last year we weren't winning because, you know, we were losing to so many, like, poor teams. Mm-hmm. And that kind of – I have a thought on why that happened. But, like, I think our force just gone up, and our ceilings kind of stayed the same. But I think that's going to help us win some of these games we should have been winning before that we were just losing because my second point would be <laughs> – I've been actually holding on to this take for a while – meant to tell you, I was on one other time, meant to tell you this um, last year in the playoffs. I think Luca, <laughs> I think he's an adrenaline junkie is really what I think he is. I think he, mm. I think when he is like, when he's challenged the most, when he's got that blood pumping, that's when he's the most focused. And he's just bored when he's playing against lesser opponents. That's why last season we were losing games that we should have been winning because he's just not engaged. And he hasn't learned how to make himself engaged yet. I love this. I love this. And I I need to stop you for a second and read something. So if you've ever been to Luka Doncic's website, I recommend you go. It's literally LukaDoncic.com. It it looks like something one of his friends made on Squarespace. It is embarrassing and it's outstanding. There's an about me section and it has this listing of things, some unknown facts about Luca and it goes one through 16 and like, like number 16 is not even populated. Like that's how, like somebody just like stopped writing But (laughs) number. You said something that triggered this in my brain. Number 12 is he loves adrenaline parks. I mean, which, you know, it's theme parks, which, okay. Yeah. I like this take. This is good. Yeah. I mean, I think this is why, like, free throw-wise, he was doing so poorly last year. It's just not challenging to him, so he doesn't engage himself, and he hasn't, like I said, learned how to, like, motivate himself to get the kind of focus that he has. But that's, on the other end, that's why he's so good for the step-backs. That's why he has so many of these seemingly crazy shots. It's just, that's what gets him focused, is the challenge of it. And I think maybe he need maybe he needs Nick Van Exel to come in and teach him the seventeen foot free throw yeah. from like two and a half feet behind the line. Like exactly. that, that that's fun. I yeah. agree. No, I, I agree. I think I think mundan- the mundanity of like basic stuff bores him because he's a savant. Yes, yes. And I think it shows through with those kind of games against weaker opponents, which I think is what happened last year. It shows through in just those 
weird moments where it seems like someone of his talent level should be doing much better. And he just, you know, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully that's something that will come with age and he'll really shine through for the quality of player that he's, that he really is at. Um, but and we'll see. But that's the only thing I really yep. wanted to say. Those are the two takes I had. So great game. I love it. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining, man. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Okay, who we got here? We got some all sorts of OGs, but I'm going to bring in a new name. Travis, welcome to the show. What's going on? Hey, Kirk. Thanks for uh, having me on. I've been listening since the playoff series of this previous year. and uh, So you, you joined at a rough time when we were all lunatics, but now we're, well, we're in for the grind of the regular season. Well, I'm a lunatic with you, so that makes sense. <laughs> I uh, don't have a lot of great points tonight because uh, I haven't been listening a lot. I've got two kids, uh, one three and one Ooh, one. So apologies if I uh, uh, reiterate anything that's already happened. But does Brunson give you Ginobili vibes? This is mm. kind of what I thought tonight because he's so crafty. And I'm just like, I, this is a guy. I, I just remember watching Ginobili and I'd be like, this is a guy I just hate playing against because he just always finds a shot. And I think that's Brunson. And, and not, no, not, it's not a perfect analogy, but I, I'm just like, this guy just will always find a shot against you. Uh, wh- I don't know what your thoughts are about that, but like, he's just kind of our guy that I feel like we found a steal. And that was Ginobili for the Spurs. How do you feel about it? Well, it's a South, the, the, first of all, they're both left-handed. And anytime you, you play a left-handed guy, it is incredible how often defenses forget he's left-handed. I mean, he always goes back to his left. It is constant. Even when he's driving to the right, he'll do some things where he floats back left. So I, I, I like the, the, um, the, the take, not just for the, the sheer left-handedness, uh, the Ned Flanders of it all, if you will. Um, but the, I, I understand what you mean because he doesn't – some of the shots that he's getting off, I don't entirely get how he's getting them off because, like Ginobili, he's not the fastest. He's not the strongest. There's a level of craft involved. And, you know, Ginobili's hopefully a Hall of Famer at some point because he was so interesting with how he played. And if Brunson, you know, if we get 25% of that from Brunson, it's going to be, it's going to continue to be a steal. But I know exactly, like, I, I like this comp. It's not something I've thought about. And it's, he's just such an interesting player. He gives them an element that they don't have. Because with Luca, say what you will about Luca, you know what he's going to do. It's just you can't stop it. <laughs> like with Brunson, sometimes I don't know what he's doing. He had, he faked Marcus Smart out of his shoes or in the first half, and, like, this little crafty post move that I was just like, what is happening? Absolutely. It was incredible. And, maybe, and you brought up a good point. Maybe it's the fact that they're both lefties. Like, uh, that's just from – I'm just like, dude, this guy, I, I just – I can't put my finger on it. It's just he's not exceptionally quick. He's not exceptionally athletic, but he just finds a shot. And yeah. I, that just, no, that, that is a skill. That is a skill where – you know, it's like this is not a fair comparison, but like, okay, so there's there's um, Brown, and I apologize to everybody pointed out to me that I accidentally called him uh, Malcolm Brown repeatedly on the last podcast. But our our other Brown um, wing, like this dude is when he drives to the rim, he doesn't seem to know where he's going, 
and when Brunson is attacking the rim, he he just has a level of control and has built on that control that I don't think he has always had, and and he continues to improve in little ways. You know, I will say I've I've heard enough to where I wonder if Carlisle had him on a tighter leash than we realized because. No, it really wouldn't because I didn't think he would had some of this playmaking stuff in his bag because there were times last year where he just wouldn't pass the ball to dudes. And he's doing stuff now with his ball handling and his passing that's incredible. It's it's really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Totally agree. I think he's totally elevated his game. Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. Well, you said he had one more thing. What was that? Yeah, uh, well, you know, it's not necessarily like you have to comment on it, but why were the Celtics – switch smart off of the screen so high up uh, up the floor i just i don't get what mm. they were thinking I, I know that you got richardson there but i mean we saw richardson last year he he's a decent player he's not marcus smart i i i know that everybody's going to concentrate on the foul which that was obviously a terrible foul but i, I can't believe they switched him off that high up the floor mm-hmm. you're your best defender it's got to be kind of a team, like it's just got to be kind of a team philosophy thing where they were very confident in their switching all night, and the Mavericks didn't give a shit. The, that was evident in the first half where they just kept attacking regardless of the switching defense, and I think that's that's that that level of confidence is important. Um, and the Celtics, I just don't think, have the guys to do what they were doing. I mean, like you said, Richardson's fine. Yeah, and maybe that was – I haven't watched a lot of Celtics this year, so maybe that's their thing. Maybe they just like to switch. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it just seemed like a really mind-boggling move to switch your best defender off, best player for the other team in, a, in, in crunch time. Well, thank you, man. I wish you an unbelievable amount of good luck because it is fallback, and your two children do not care and will wake up. Oh yeah, we're all, we're all screwed. Dude. We're all screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, good good uh, luck. I did one final point. Uh, sure. You know, everybody agrees. Pal out of the starting lineup. I'll, uh, I'll shut up and listen now. Thanks. All right. Thanks, Travis. You have a good night. Okay, coming up next, we have everyone, or at least my favorite, uh, call in from um, Akiva. you got to remind me where you're from because uh, I want to say Brooklyn, but I feel like that's not right. Oh, shoot. I think I accidentally booted Akiva by accident. Um, all right, Aaron, how you doing? Okay, I'm getting all sorts of. Hey, I'm, getting, I'm, know, I'm getting some real fun. Uh, I'm getting some sure. real fun green room errors. So let's do Aaron first, and then we'll go Akiva second. Aaron, how you doing? Hey, we good. We good. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Uh, uh, I want to say to the dude who was like two two uh, callers ago, whatever callers, whatever. Uh, he was talking about Luca being bored, and I think that's been his mo, like pretty much from day one from everything we've heard about the guy, like. You hear about like stories of him in practice to where when they're having normal practice, he's kind of just a dude and they have some of the competition and he just kills it. And like you even heard his Slovenian trainer talking about that, uh, about how he had to make training a competition for those guys to get Luca engaged. And I think that's a big thing with his mm-hmm. slow start. Well, Trey Young got, and I wasn't, I, I kind of made fun of it, but Trey Young recently gave a quote where he just talked about how, you know, we're no longer the hunted, which I thought was very arrogant, but also earned. Um, 
and how he, he talked about how it was just sort of difficult to get up for these games. And I don't think the Mavericks are there yet because they obviously haven't done anything in the playoffs. But I can't help but think that Luca's sign kind of the same way. And they've got to find, you know, they've got to really, like Carlisle never, and the Mavericks never really made it. Uh, being top four in the West was not something I think that the Mavericks were super pointed to for whatever reason. For me, looking at the West right now, and granted, it's early. We've only played, you know, nine to ten games each team in the league. But, like, I think it right now they need to really do their best to try to get home court advantage in the playoffs. Uh, like, like make that the gamification of the league right now. It's like, hey, Luca, we want you to play, you know, we want to get Dallas their first a home playoff win since 2011. Like, let's do that, you know? Oh, of course. and But, you know, I think, like, as a team, that's one thing. But, like, with Luca, we came off a seven-game playoff series, and then his whole experience in the Olympics – he gets back to NBA regular season a month and a half later. I mean, I can kind of see it being boring for him, especially with the soft schedule, you know? Sure, sure. And, you know, but, the fact uh, that they're winning is, is the point. It, it surely is. But I will uh, I will say uh, there was a stretch in the fourth quarter tonight. I think it was from about nine minutes left to about, oh, I'd say five minutes left, where they had the lineup that I think needs to be their closing lineup. It was Luca, KP, THJ, Brunson, and uh, Bullock. And, you know, it worked for about four minutes, and then they switched it up after a while. But I love that lineup. You are not the first person to mention this to me. I think that – I think it matters. I think it not only – finding – like, what would be really nice is finding multiple lineups that we love. <laughs> because right now it feels like over the last several years, a lot of us hone in on, like, one. We're like, oh, that's the one that we like. And, you know, I, I think if, if Dorian finds his ability to shoot again, um, which, I mean, he's just 3-5 tonight, which is great. Um, but if he if he develops, you know, he brings his averages up a little bit. You know, being able to have, like, seven dudes that we all feel confident that they can play is is really. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I do want to say one last thing. Uh, one of the first guys was talking about our, you know, offense hopefully, hopefully will be top 10 by the end of the year. And he thinks our defense will be like 13. Uh, I think this offense will eventually get in the top 10 just because of Luca and the talent that they have around it, you know. But that defense getting into that 10 to 12 range is the whole key to the season because I know Followell's talked a lot about it, but like something like the last 11 NBA champs have all been top 10 offense and defense. Most of them have been in like the, the 7 to 10 range on both of them. Uh, there was one outlier. I believe they were 12th in defense. So, I mean, that's the sweet spot right there. Yep. yep. Well, thanks for joining there. I appreciate you. Thanks, buddy. All right. I'm going to bring Akiva back on stage because I had a, a green room glitch for just a moment. Um, and while I'm waiting for him to join us, uh, if you're following along with any of the other stuff that's going on, uh, the Lakers are getting beaten like they stole something. Uh, and <laughs> Lakers – Silver Screen and Roll, which is our uh, kind of Lakers um, uh, SB Nation kind of uh, co-site, They're like one of the other ones in our network, said they just tweeted, three positive from this game. One, no one died. Two, yet. <laughs> three, think of a third thing later. Don't publish this part. <laughs> I don't know. That really cracks me up. Um, okay, let's see here. We got anybody. Akiva, I sent you the invite. Hopefully it'll let you join, but if not, we'll bring you up another night. Um, Chris, you've been waiting. What's going on, my guy? 
Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? Yes. Let's hear about it. Okay. What, do you, what do you got tonight? Yeah, so my, yeah me and my eight-year-old son went. Hey, go ahead and say something. Mavs win. <laughs> That's right, buddy. Yeah, we're staying up late tonight. It's like, screw it. We'll go to Waffle House after. So now I'm hitting. Yeah. I'm hitting that brick wall now. I'm like so full from Waffle House and just the wind down from the game. <laughs> hey, you get oh. an extra and, and you tell him to stay asleep. Tell tell him to stay asleep tomorrow. Uh, yeah, he's definitely way past it. Well, we, we live like four hours away, so we're heading back home tomorrow. But uh, no, the game was, damn, that was electric. That was the last the buzzer beater shot I've seen was the 2014 uh, was a Vince Carter shot. And I was there. Uh, I, rolled, rolled my, I rolled my ankle on that one. I jumped up and down and I when Vince Carter hit that buzzer, <laughs> that is like, some old man ankle. stuff. That's outstanding. <laughs> yeah, this thought it was fun, but yeah, before the game it was kind of cool. I, I met Derek Harper. I uh, got a selfie with him, but it's so funny. Uh, it was like an hour before the game. I'm like, Hey, can I get a selfie with you? He's like, I got to go down there real quick, but I'll come back up. And then like literally an hour later, like a minute before uh, Mavs lives goes on, he goes in the middle of the section. Like, Hey, you want to still want to take that selfie? I'm like, it's like a minute until you're on the air. I'm like, yeah, sure. Whatever. So, that that was pretty. That's outstanding. That's a good story. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he was very. Uh, it's just crazy. He remembered me because, like, I was in the middle of the. Se- I was in section one eighteen. I was like in the middle of the section, and he just like came in there and like just you just remembered like an hour later. It was just, it was just nuts. But uh, love. No, I was just happy to see KP and Frank and uh, yeah, Bullock was belling us out with those threes. It just felt like. I haven't really analyzed the game. I will watch it again, like driving back and stuff, just have the game on, you know, just kind of see what's going on. Um, just can't really nitpick all these little things, but I just, I felt like with KP being on the floor and he was playing great. I mean, I, we're just a better, obviously we're just gonna be a better team. And, you know, I'm going to jump off that train on the, the, the trade KP train. I'm just going to stop that. Even if he gets injured in the, in the middle of the season, it's whatever, man. All I care about is the playoffs. I don't care for the number one seed or the, or the playing team, I don't care. Like, if we get in the first round, like, I want us to win the first round, like, before we think of anything else. So it's just – but because uh, I think we ha- have a healthy KP going to the playoffs and we got a better defensive team, I just like this Mavs team. I don't know. It's just been kind of stressful, but now I'm kind of like going to this game and just how it started. I really feel like this this is good. And that's not counting if we get a trade in, in the middle of the season. Uh, so, but, yeah, well, that's, that's for- all I have. Uh, it's, it's just funny. All those Boston fans, they kind of like were kind of being annoying and being in the fourth quarter and just like, yeah, they, they shut up pretty quick after that buzzer beater. <laughs> man, I don't, I don't blame them, man. It's always, it's always tough. I was, I went to, um, used to go to the Mavericks Wizards game when I lived in DC and I took my son a couple of times. And there was the last time I've been to one of those. The, yeah, I've been to one of those in 2003. So. The last – oh, man, so that was when Jordan was playing. So the, the last time yeah. I was there and I saw a game, it was a game where Timmy and a bunch of other guys missed free throws down the stretch, and then the, the, the Wizards won on, like, a buzzer beater. And it's just, like, it's terrible being on the other end of that. <laughs> like, you don't want to say anything. Well, I was, I was annoyed. I was just, like, the whole game – this game, we were winning until the last, uh, I don't know, three minutes or something like that. They tied the game at one point. I just – I'm like, this is just being annoying. Like, Jason, how – and then we started double-teaming him and stuff, but I don't know. It's just crazy how it, how it went. But I, this is this is good. Like, we're, we're winning against teams we should beat. And, you know, Boston's good, but we're grinding out wins is the thing. But this is good for the playoffs, for, you know, in April. So, 
Um, right. But yeah, yeah, Mavs win. Let's let's keep going. Who who do we uh, lastly? Who do we play next? I got I can look at the schedule. Uh, I was just talking about Josh with this. So they don't play a back to back until December. So they play the Pelicans Monday, oh, and then it's right. they okay. basically play every other day for quite a while. And that season, I would say going against the one and eight Pelicans, I'd be like, oh, this might be a loss. That was last season, but this year's like we're beating the bad team. So you know, let's yeah. go. Yes. Yes, it's it's another get right game. I'm looking forward to. It. Well, thanks for joining yeah. again, Chris. Yeah. Yes, sir. Be safe on the drive back. All right. Um, Akiva, there we go, my man. What's going on? The uh, the green room app is uh, taking a second to respond to to me. There we go. How you doing, guy? Hit the- it's disagreeing with us tonight, but that's okay. We've had a pretty good night of uh, of of guests joining us, so we'll try again next time. All right, man. I don't know why it's not letting you join. Um. Okay, Kato, you've been waiting patiently. My man. Hey, what's up, Kirk? How are All you? right, what do you got for us tonight? Um, not a lot. I just have to. Um, I just would like to go over a, a few key points that I really enjoyed during the game. Sure. Um, number one, Porzingis. He looked healthy. He was playing very good defense and offense. Um, this I saw your tweet where you said this was I think the second time during the season where he averaged he had like over eight free throws. It's the first time this year, but he only did it once. Yeah, so I I feel like we, he should continue doing what he did, where he would catch it in the post and drive towards the basket instead of doing that fadeaway jump shot where it's always contested and he's horrible at those. So you know. <laughs> Um, also I, I was watching a sh- the sh- cause like I live in New York, so I can't, um, I don't have like a Dallas like channel to watch Dallas Mavericks game. So I stream online illegally. So, and I was watching a Celtics broadcast and Brian Scalabrini hates Porzingis. I was listening to the feed too. That dude hates Porzingis. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it was nuts. Um, also, um, I, w- I feel like, th- um, before the trade deadline, I feel like we can trade Trey Burke and Dwight Powell for Goran Dragic and maybe throw in a second. I feel like that would be, um, a good trade that Toronto would accept because I don't think they, they look to be competitive. I think they're just looking. He's to- not playing at all. I don't know what they're doing with him. Like he has literally had five straight. Right, so I feel like um, Dallas should just try to offer them a trade package early, so they know we are interested, instead of somebody you know giving too much for them. So, yeah. also, um, I feel like Jason Kidd, um, a lot of his, um, a lot of his play sets were um, were played really well in this game, where you saw a lot of cutting with um, Reggie Bullock. Um, Sterling Brown, Tim Hardaway. I feel like we were getting a lot of open threes based off of Luka drives and, you know, a lot of cutting, especially with KP. I saw um, a couple of times where Tim and Jalen Brunson, they rolled to the, um, drove to the rim and then KP cut baseline and got a dunk. I really liked that. Um, other than that, um, I really enjoyed this game and I hope we blow out the Pelicans because they suck right now. 
So, yeah, now that's one. And I was making the joke two days ago. Um, well, I guess it was yesterday when I was talking to my friend Matt Moore. Like, it'd be very funny if the Mavericks just because I mean I think the, the Grizzlies are really really good, but they haven't played a single comp like a uh, division game yet. And it'd be very funny to me if like the Mavericks just built up this this commanding division lead because I, I think the self there the the Grizzlies are the kind of team that like the Mavericks are going to be in the same grouping of teams with when like the win loss stuff shakes out and that sort of stuff ends up mattering for like tiebreakers. So like beating the crap out of the the Pelicans when they're Absolutely. you know Zion less and I want to say Brandon Ingram's not even been playing lately for due to injury like they're bad. For real, I think they they messed up when they when they um let go of Lonzo Ball. I think that was the biggest What in the world? I mean, I would kill for Lonzo Ball on this Mavs team. Like I, that dude right. is is I don't want to say he's great, but I think he's he fits. Like he's just he's like the connecting piece that that makes a lot of other stuff work. Yeah, he he's basically what we wished. Um, Jalen Brunson would be like if Jalen Brunson had Lonzo's balls um, IQ with his passing and his defense. Sure, more of a more of a distributor and like because because Brunson's been amazing for what he's been. But I know what you mean. Where it's just like another kind of ball handling guy who like we were. I think we were talking earlier in the show, or Josh and I were talking. I can't remember words. Like we're talking about like another ball handler or a guy who you feel confident doing some stuff with the dribbling, and he's a guy that fits that bill. So yes, absolutely. And let me ask you a question. Um, I know it's kind of early, but I feel like the Western Conference hasn't been as convincing as the Eastern Conference because we've seen a lot of surprises, especially with Charlotte and, and Chicago. Um, if you had to, if, if you had a guess and we went up against the Clippers or I would even say, what's a, what was another team that was in the playoffs? I would say probably even Utah. Do you think that Dallas would have a, a better chance at facing the Clippers in the first round than they would have last year, especially with their um, new additions to the roster. I mean, I feel much more confident in Dallas being able to beat the Clippers this year with what I've seen. Um, Utah is kind of a different deal because <sighs> Utah is just good. Like they're a flat out good regular season team. And if Rick Carlisle were still our coach, I think we'd be able to out scheme Utah but I don't necessarily have the the scheming trust in this coaching staff. It's like Rudy Gobert and like the defense that they play at Utah. Like they're just good. They're just a good basketball team. Even though I think they got beat by Miami tonight. Um, but Miami is also really good. So what are you going to do? So. True. So. All right, man. Well, thank so you for joining us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Kurt. Mm-hmm. All right. Talk soon. Okay. We're going to give this one more college try with friend of the show, Mr. Akiva. How are we doing? Oh, hey, Kirk, can you hear me? There he is. Third oh, thank you. Thank, you for your, thank you for your patience. I appreciate it, Kirk. So yeah. it's midnight on a Saturday. I got nothing to do. <laughs> there's, there's nothing better to do, right? You talk to me. Uh, so I, I actually came to this great country at a young age of 13 from the Ukraine. I grew up in Brooklyn, and I love. I, I now have a business in Brooklyn. I, I live on Staten Island. My, okay, so my, I was wondering, because we got Xavier, who you've heard in here before. He lives in Atlanta now, but he's also, I'm pretty sure he is also a Brooklyn native. No, he's Bronx. He's going to stab me for this. Fuck. 
Anyways, all right, I'm just curious. <laughs> Bronx, let me tell you, Kirk. Bronx has nothing on Brooklyn. That's why they don't have a bad. And we have Brooklyn. Unfortunately, has the best basketball team in the world. I guess, but certainly has the potential. Well, yeah. What do you got for us? But I'm in Dallas. I'm in Dallas right now. I came again with my son-in-law. We periodically go to different Luca games. Sometimes in Dallas. Sometimes when I get. The first time ever I've been to a Luca game. I think I've been a curse they, that they won and they and it was an exciting win and they almost blew this one too. But pretty pretty. Oh, what a great ending! It was and we were sitting. We didn't have as great a seats as last time in Denver, but we sat in the third row behind the basket towards the middle, a few seats over from where Cuban sits in the first row. But it's always decent seats, but. We Luca was shooting from the other side, not the Mavs bench side, but it was great. I mean, you could feel like there's a, a, a good contest against Luca, and he still made that. It was unbelievable. <laughs> That's why I watch this guy. He's he's unbelievable. So much fun to watch. But I'll tell you, I thought it was an air ball. I was so I'm taking notes, <laughs> and so like I'm looking at my computer, and I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, we're in overtime, and then it went in, and I was like, oh no, it was incredible. He throws enough of them around, but but. But you can never count him out. He's so unbelievable. But the thing is, I'll tell you, Kirk. Again, I got a I got a dog on on on, uh, on Jason Kidd. Uh, so the last game, Boban and I know a lot of guys don't like him. That I I really think he's an underrated player. The last game, who turned the game around for us? It was Boban and uh, uh, what's his name, Bronson, right? Boban Boban yep. had a big part in last game. So, again, now he plays, he goes back to Willie Cauley-Stein, who produces, does nothing. Uh, well, he probably does a lot of harm. Yes, he does that. And then he plays Dwight Powell a lot. He still does not give one minute to Boban, right? They still, for even Porzingis, is not, he's not what he was with the Knicks when I used to love watching him play. He's nothing like that. He gets, uh, they, they get abused inside all the time, the Mavs. You got two only real bigs on the team from what it looks like with Moses Brown. You can't really see him play, but give him a chance. Let us see what he's got. And definitely Boban. We know Boban can plug, plug up the middle. The same thing, Luca. what's his name? Uh, Carlisle used to do the same thing where you can spot a shitty coach right away. They, they're not consistent. They're not good in using players. Carlisle did not play Boban at all last year. And what does he do in the last two games, the biggest games of the year against the Clippers? He starts Boban. All of a sudden, Boban becomes an important player to start. Yeah, but Boban, when Boban's in the game, you got to run everything through Boban. And that that so doesn't so work a ton. Now, my opinion, the perfect Maverick center was on the court tonight. The problem is, is he was in the other team's uniform. Robert Williams, the guy that, that the Celtics had, is kind of like an amalgamation yeah. of all of these things we're talking about because he's huge. Yeah. He plays hard. He almost plays like recklessly hard. Yeah. And that's like like because Powell used to be able to jump and like catch lobs and do stuff. Now he just can't do that stuff anymore. And yeah, but we don't have Robert Williams. We can't get him, and we probably can't get Rashawn Holmes too. Yeah, they should but, sign Rashawn but, Holmes, but, shouldn't they? Oh, yeah. If Cuban knew what he was doing, it would be so easy to to put to put it together. But but Boban, you gotta take the good with the bad. Boban can give you a good twenty to twenty five minutes. You plug up the middle. You you gotta expect some bad things from him, but you get a lot more good out of it. 
it's just wow. with Lu- and Luca. Luca is great with him. He he's got good hands. Luca will feed him inside all game long. You gotta use him. I don't understand. Well, the problem is with with Boban, and I'm just I'm looking at his I'm looking at his minutes per game. The highest number of minutes per game in his career is thirteen point nine. Nobody's used him a ton. I wouldn't mind more because I think he actually sets better. Like Powell gets called for so many offensive fouls. I I kind of like I need to see more Boban screens because <laughs> like I just I, I hate I the think a lot of, fouls. I think a lot of I think a lot of people get turned off because he looks like he's uh, he's not coordinated. He looks uh, ugly. The way he plays is maybe ugly, but you you gotta take the good with the bad. And and he does plug up the middle. He gets the he. Listen. You gotta admit he's ten times better than Willie Cauley Stein. Come on! Oh, I don't want to see Willie again. I mean, we had we've had two so, people join. It's like we. I, I think they must have thought they had a trade because the only reason that they they enacted his his uh, team option because I mean he was like he doesn't really serve a purpose. Like, but tell me, how does a coach keep playing Willie Cauley Stein over Boban? Okay, if you don't like Boban, I can game. understand. But why, why do you play? That's, that's got to be it. I mean, it's it's got to be it with the speed of the game. Because it's just it's different guys. Because I mean, even even once they took Williams out, like they weren't even playing a big guy for part of the for part of the fourth. So yeah. I understand what you mean, though. I'm glad you got to actually watch one of these because the fact that you flew to Denver to see them get the shit kicked out of them, like that that made me upset <laughs> on your behalf. There's a couple of Mavs fans. One woman I follow on Twitter who like sold her Mavs tickets for the Denver game for like a thousand dollars, and I'm like, you just committed theft. <laughs> Somebody went to pit. It's like like watch them every get waxed by thirty. No. Yeah, well, uh, no, yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, Kirk, I am realist enough. I've been burned by my sports heroes long for a long time, except for Larry Bird. Larry Bird never, Larry Bird never disappointed me. But, but, but I've been burned enough time to see that I'm not going to fly to see Luca if I have even a second row seat or a third row seat. But when I can get tickets that are like sitting next to Luca, I don't care. Even the Denver terrible loss. I still had a great time because I was right there on the floor. So. Yeah. What I need to do, and like, I don't actually, like, I make a little bit of money doing this stuff, but it's not like money. It's like, you know, occasionally helps pay for my Netflix type of money. And what I need to do is I need to throw some of this money and go buy good seats. Because the last time I really had good seats was a wizard game, and I was sitting on the on the tunnel on the way back and Cuban came over and took some of my kids popcorn. And like, at that point I was, I was doing this. Like I was writing, it was only like three years ago. I, I should have like tried to talk to him, but I didn't want to be like, Hey, I'm that guy who constantly burns you down on the internet. <laughs> Kirk, listen to me. Kirk, I don't know if you can do it, but I have an extra ticket. I'm sitting at the Memphis game on December 8th. I only, I don't, I don't have anybody to go with. I have two floor tickets. That's oh my god! First, first floor, first, first row, uh, opposite, I guess, the Mavericks bench or the Memphis bench. But you know, the first row. So I have no other, nobody else to go with. I could give you that ticket. I don't. I don't. Memphis would be that is that will be an outstanding like that. Is so a if, team you wanna, be if you want, if you want to talk to me, or if you want to talk to me some other way, whatever, I'll arrange it. We'll, we'll that trip is yours. We'll meet up at the game, and you'll you'll, you'll sit you'll sit in the first row. Well, you're the man. Thanks for joining us tonight. All right. Okay. Thanks a lot. Mm-hmm. All right. Bye.
Yeah, we had the green room thing is a riot because um, I was just talking about this. Like, we had a guy on. I, I want to say we just had fans on from all over the planet. Like, like the internet fucking rules sometimes. Okay, uh, Jose, what's going on? Uh, I don't know how I'm going to top somebody offering you front row seats. <laughs> I just, yeah, I couldn't even go to the game. Like I, I, I'm such a terrible, like I get so angry watching basketball. Like I can't, I, I don't go, I, I just, I, I, I'm used to sitting on my couch and screaming like a lunatic. Like I can't, I, you know, I, 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 I just, I, I, and partially why I haven't taken my son to anything is because it's like, he's learned from watching me and like, I can't have my like five-year-old being like, fuck, hit a basketball. Right. <laughs> I wonder how Josh Richardson feels being on a poster. And like, matter of fact, on the poster to basically send your ass home with your head. I mean, and he was really good for Boston tonight. I was pissed. And I've got, you know, then it was like, oh, this feels much better now. Yeah, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure Luca will abuse. <laughs> right. I, I think he was trying to have one of those uh Maverick All Star games. Which we you know, we're we're very used to that level of pain. Right. But uh some of uh my my things that I was gonna talk about, uh just going back to what Jazz has said earlier about having uh Tim Hardaway come off the bench, I I would like it more if we still get Dragic, because I've seen some people saying that we don't need them anymore because of Bron, but I, I still feel I, I feel the same way as you because I mean, Dragic is still a veteran leader, and we would need somebody at least to come off the bench, you know, if uh Bronson becomes a starter, and just having Dragic and Tim off the bench, I feel like that would be a really good dynamic duo. Yeah, give me more good players is my response to anyone that's like, eh. I mean, we do this all the time where we like bitch about which players we'd like them to sign. I'm like, oh, I don't want that guy. And then it comes out like the Mavericks didn't want any of the good players at all. So it's like right now I'm just kind of like, all right, let's take, let's take. Right. And uh, I'm I'm fine with, with Dorian not being in the starting lineup. Like he, he just hasn't been able to knock down shots. It, I mean, he, he's playing well in some spots, but there's just we we have talent. Well, at least with with Bullock in the starting lineup, and if you if Maxi comes back healthy and uh and you insert him into the starting lineup and you put KP at the five, I mean, that would be a pretty good lineup. I certainly think so. I mean, I like the I like the fact that we're talking about how if there's multiple people that you think should start or uh, finish the game rather, then that's like that's fun. That that means that the Mavericks are no longer, you know, we're at this point with them where there's a debate about them having I don't want to say too many good players, but like real optionality in terms of how they finish the games. And that's, that's outstanding. Right. And even just throwing like Frank out there as well. And the closing lineup to get a defensive stop. Like that, that is a luxury that (laughs) hasn't been here in Dallas for some, some time now. 
Yeah, it's more. It's like I feel like the last several years as much fun as it's been. It's been a whole bunch of make it to the end of the game and then pray, like <laughs> just hope something bad doesn't happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'm I'm happy KP had a good game. I'm really hoping he could just keep it up through throughout the season because he shows flashes of what he can be, and then immediately after he just hits the earth <laughs> he comes crashing down and it's just like man why can't you just keep it up well i mean the difficult part for him and this has got to be tough if you know a huge chunk of your life you're always the best guy on the floor and then you come to dallas and i've been on i feel reasonably confident in this statement i think he came to dallas thinking that luca was going to be his side don't really know why he thought that because by the time the trade had happened, Luca was already was already kind of the chosen one. But if if I, I hope to a degree he can find some some comfort and level of assurance in understanding that he is a key part of this co- of this machine. He's not the star, but the damn thing doesn't work right without him. And there's real value in that. And I know he probably wants to be scoring more, getting more touches, but you know what? Winning basketball games fucking rules. And, and I hope he just can appreciate that. And if he, you know, he's, he's no longer the scapegoat. I mean, I I personally am trying my best to not kick him in the shins as much anymore because I, I, I don't think it's fair, but I've, I want to see little wins for him tonight. I think was a real positive step despite some things like not everything went his way and he just kept playing hard. And that wasn't always the case last year. And I was, I was just nice to see. And one thing to take away from the Luca uh, game winner, uh, KP threw his arms up, but everybody else was running to Luca. Uh, I, I hate to nitpick that little thing, but I mean, if you genuinely happy for, you you know the guy hitting a buzzer beater is just be happy man like 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 you said he's a part of this team and sometimes i just wish he just shows it a little bit more he makes it so easy to be like dude what are you doing right. <laughs> oh well well that's all but they that's did all hug. i have for you mariella mariella notes that in the in the chat that they did hug. and and that that i think is about all right man well thanks for joining tonight Thank you. All right, I think we got one more guy. We're going. Oh, wait, wait, Tyler. How you doing, Tyler? Long time no talk. Doing good. Thanks, Kirk. Um. <clears throat> well, I kind of wanted to. Uh, well, uh, that one guy who offered you courtside seats uh, was talking about Bobon a lot, <laughs> and um, there's like, I don't know how to start this off. Um, well, Boban, like I understand, like he, it's hard to play with him because he's slow, and the whole the offense does have to go through him. And you, and you, you mentioned like he does hasn't ever played very much, and I wish I had the stats in front of me, but his purr is pretty crazy. Oh yeah, uh, no, he's just hilariously efficient. Yeah, it's it's when he comes in, he either absolutely murders teams. Or it's like what? Or it's he's so bad that he leaves the game after like three minutes. Like there's zero in between. Yeah, um, but his point, like, is like we we really desperately still need a, a rim protector, glass cleaner. Like it's 
we haven't since Michael Finley left. There's like two positions that we just cannot figure out, and it's the center. The only rim protector, glass cleaner we've ever had was Tyson Chandler for a season. Sure. And and then the wing, like we had Josh Howard, who was, I mean, I, I like Josh Howard, and then Sean Marion was uh, athletic and could defend really well, but. <clears throat> We still like I love Dorian Finney Smith, but he just I would love him a lot more coming off the bench. Like if we had a better wing player, um I d I don't know. I love Dorian, but uh if we like if we had a guy who could defend like Sean Marion, defend guys like LeBron or um some of the, the big time wings, that would be a big help. Um, but you, you mentioned like Robert Williams, if we could have him on our team, uh, I love like Robert Williams is great, but my, my only trepidation with him is his height. Um, I think he's only like six, nine or six ten. Um, and another guy I was thinking about, yeah, he is only six, uh, nine. You're right. I don't know. I just feel like he's bigger. Well, he, he's strong and he's got, he's pretty damn athletic. Like he's got some uh, ups for a big guy and he can move pretty well. Um, I mean, his, he's one of the best shot blockers in the league this year, I think. Um, but another guy I was thinking about, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this was, and I could be, this could be way wrong, but I'm just thinking as like a, a rim protector, glass cleaner, a guy and as someone who we could get, like, obviously I would love to have, like, Clint Capella do that um, or someone like that. But Mitchell Robinson, um, I know he doesn't play a whole lot and doesn't do a whole lot, like, offensively, but he is a – I mean, he's a legit seven-footer and I think has the potential to um, protect the rim for us and, and clean the glass. But I think that's something that – we're like really missing like these Dwight Powell and Willie Colley sign minutes are just, just brutal. Um, and I think that's kind of like separating us from being or keeping us from like really being truly elite. Oh God. Yes. I mean, that's been sort of the defining thing for three years where you look at how a team is assembled and like if you go into it understanding that Porzingis is who he is, he's going to have 15 game stretches where he's either not good or not playing. And then you have the, the opposite side where you have Dorian who plays every damn game, but I mean, some games he's just terrible. And, and Jonathan Sharks of the ringer told me this years ago and it's just stuck with me. The Mavs are going to go as far as Dorian Finney Smith takes him and he'll have games like he had against, there's a jazz game last year where they broke the Jazz in two, and Porzingis wasn't even playing. And it was because Dorian shot lights out. But unless Dorian is shooting three of seven from three, he's not giving you enough on offense to matter. And I don't care. Like, Carl Bulgaris talks about how, oh, Dorian's just one of the most underrated players in the league. The occasional offensive rebound is not enough for this team. He's not a good enough defensive mm-hmm. player either. Like, that's the real dirty yeah. secret. It's like, oh, we have Dorian. He's a wing stopper. And it's like, whom does he stop? No. James Harden? When James Harden's fat ass looks how he looks? Like, congratulations. Yeah. You stopped the one guy. It's the other 29 guys that are lighting you up. 
Yeah, and that's why I was kind of brought up like Josh Howard and Sean Marion are like the only wings that we've had in like almost 20 years who could defend and, and like be a starting role who were like legit wings. Um, I don't even really know who we could get uh, to do that for us. But like I, I, I think, you know, that offensive rebounding is something, but I think that would be – like if he was coming off the bench and doing that, I think he'd be a great bench player. But starting is just like that's a weak point for us, and it it's been like the same thing for almost twenty years. Like we can't keep a a great big, and we can't get a, like a really a legit wing uh, who can compete with the other legit wings. I know that's kind of like a hard position to you know, like either you're a superstar or you're not um, as a wing, but. Yeah, uh, totally agree on the Dorian thing. Uh, I would, you know, Mitchell Robinson is a guy. I don't know, man. Uh, if we could just make some sort of move, because we're not there yet. We're not going to win the title this year with this squad right now. Um, at least That's in my tough. opinion. Yeah, but you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling better than I was a week ago, and progress is not yeah. linear. You know, I, I do some, my yeah. real job is in a nonprofit and I always have to explain to certain people who don't understand nonprofit fundraising where I'm like, Hey, you're not just always going to improve. Sometimes you, you take a step back. Sometimes it's, it's, if, if you're in the aggregate working towards something more, I mean, right now, like all of us are sitting here talking about how we like the game, how we like the fact that they won. And then they're six and three in the West and they're third overall. So something that's hung with me since I was a younger Mavericks fan, that 2006, 2007 season really, really hurt. Like it, it hurt me spiritually, like losing to the, losing to the Warriors was so painful, but like they went on a 52 and four run at one point in the year. Like they had multiple win streaks of 13 games or more. And then what happened is things just kind of went sour before the playoffs we, you know, we talk a lot about how, how Avery was not the right coach for that team, but they were, even with, you know, the playoffs and what the Warriors and Don Nelson did to the Mavericks, they went into the playoffs at the wrong time. They were not playing well. And you need, there's some real value in hitting your stride at the right time. And, you know, it's 10 games in. I, I, I have some friends who are Chicago Bulls fans who are losing their shit at how the Bulls are playing now after being just so gung-ho immediately. And there's, you know, like, like nobody wants to start off well and play like crap. So, I mean, there's a long way for them to go. I'm looking forward to it. So. Yeah. Um, I'll be honest. Like after the first four or five games, I was like, Oh my God, we are such a terrible basketball team. Like get rid of Jason Kidd now. Um, but we were able to get those wins, even though they were ugly. And that shit counts later on in the season, for sure. And it, it's encouraging, like how we played against the Heat on offense was encouraging tonight. Had yeah. some encouraging. I mean, we're doing better. So um, you're right. Like, I, I, it's a long season. Uh, improvement isn't linear. So. Well, Tyler, go enjoy the rest of your weekend, okay? We get for everybody. All right. For uh, you have a good night. All right. So here's the deal, folks. Um, the Mavericks don't play a back-to-back for a month, which means you and I will talk to one another fairly regularly, but not every day, not repeatedly, not like last year. 
which means we get breaks and you know nothing generates good content like a little bit of time off which means i want you guys when you're not watching the mavericks to either watch another team or to do the secret thing i do which is don't watch a lot of basketball on nights that aren't mavs games all right a little bit after midnight here i uh, hope you guys had fun i always have fun talking to you this has been a great uh, way to spend a saturday night Go Mavs, and we will talk to you guys in a couple of days. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company, serving collectors since 1945.